0: another dimension we finally cracked the code some weird black goo came from sabrina's ceiling she told me i flew out we <laughs> climbed in it and now we don't know where we are
1: it's really staticky over here
0: Ooh, somehow our recording equipment is also here we're haunting you from another dimension when is the next season of stranger things coming out i'm dying for it
1: probably halloween
0: oh that would make sense
1: <laughs> I can't wait for Halloween. How about that? Because we have so many things to celebrate uh, at Halloween.
0: God, I know. There's so many spooky things we want to do for Halloween, too. Yeah. This is two girls, one ghost. Two girls,
1: one ghost. Halloween is very far away, but it feels I feel like my soul lives through it every day.
0: Is it far away, though? Because I've already started researching and trying to pick out what my next costume will be
1: oh i thought we decided what it was aren't you gonna be uh well it
0: it depends i will 100 percent do that if i'm in a spot where i'm not like inside because it requires so much body paint so i can't be overheating right right. if i decide to be old greg
1: (laughs) oh i was saying but also you could do uh what's her name from bad mouth oh the hormone monstrous monstrous yeah
0: Okay, well, I do have the voice down for the Hormone Monstrous, so perhaps I have a few options. We should get suggestions from our listeners this year. Yeah, oh, that's a good idea. Um, Okay, Okay, so it's March, and we're talking about Halloween costumes, so (laughs) instead, should we read some ghost stories?
1: Yeah, but like, also just let me say, you have to think ahead, otherwise you won't be prepared.
0: Right, and then no one will say, wow, your costume's the best one I've ever seen, which is what we want to hear every year. Every year. Okay. Let's read some ghost stories. I'll start. hmm
1: I'll start by naming names. Concentration.
0: Sixty-four. Sixty-five. Oh, I thought it was sixty-four. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's different, I guess, maybe regionally. Concentration. Who knows? Is it is it sixty-four? No repeats or hesitation. Mm-hmm. I'll start
1: by naming with the names, names of people. Lindsay. We'll start with Lindsay. She says mischievous manifestations leading off with more of malevolence Uh uh-oh hi there i'm a new listener and excited to binge all of your episodes are you taking personal stories to air or are you collecting for certain themes or you just want to hear them regardless i'm sending in three ghost stories
0: i mean to answer that question all of the above
1: yes correct i have two short and one a bit longer the last one is the freakiest and does contain other instances involving this certain character I state character as he was my younger stepbrother by two years, brother really, except by blood. I feel like spirit ghost is too impersonal. He is most certainly intelligent as an entity and not a residual. He would have been 25 nowadays. Holy crap. The story does have a sad pretense, but honestly, he has such a personality, and I do have more stories revolving around my one sister, my family, and my own random experiences in different places. I don't believe that I'm super sensitive to the paranormal. I think my sister is more sensitive, but has never accepted it. But I do have some sensitivity to feel when something is there. The creeps, they call it. Anyway, the first two are from my mom, who is a nurse working in a local hospital. Oh, did I mention I'm from Ontario, Canada, five minutes from the beaches of Lake Erie? Come visit. Hey, 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 from Ontario. Back to my mom.
0: (laughs) That makes me want to go.
1: Let's go. She worked in the nursing home attached to the hospital for many years, and being in a nursing home, well, patients went out less alive than when they went in. Without fail, when a person was on their deathbed, they would see two men in black, whether it would be in the hall passing by or in their room. Reactions have ranged from mild amusement to complete hysteria. Patients were never told this, but within 24 hours of seeing these men in black, the patient would pass away.
0: Whoa. That Oh, that's so creepy. And I feel like yeah, we've heard that before. Yeah. Is this what happens?
1: They're like coming to collect.
0: Yeah. And it's like, where do you go? Oh. It's the men in the black suits. What is that a sign of?
1: I don't know. Are you like signing a contract before you pass away?
0: Do they take you to different planets? And you <gasps> were just, if you're. if you're greeted by the men in black does that mean you're assigned to like the underground colony that lives (laughs) in the center of saturn's moon
1: uh i don't know but men in black come to me when i'm dying let's find out (laughs) maybe not i don't know okay she says yeah that's risky uh time after time when my mom was moved to a different department of the hospital she encountered a new spirit through her own experience and those of the patient's The department is the step-down clinic from Emerge, so people were covering or waiting for surgery. One early morning, around 2 or 3 a.m., she turned a corner and saw a young girl around 8 at the end of the hall. She was in a nightgown, holding a teddy bear with one hand, and crying. Being a little shocked, my mom started towards her, and a patient stirred in one of the rooms, and she glanced in to make sure the patient was okay. When she looked back for the little girl, she was nowhere to be found. Patients have been known to see her too. They've seen her in their rooms and called out to nurses to help her. But the craziest one I heard is when when my mom found a patient lying on the floor almost out of the room. They had seen the little girl and wanted to help her. Everyone wants to help her, and so far she hasn't meant harm. The third story involves my father's house, my siblings, my stepmom, and my step-siblings. I am the eldest sibling of a very large family. I'm only 26, and my youngest brother is 12. I have eight siblings— Four full, four half. One stepsister and one late stepbrother. This story revolves around my stepbrother, Richard. He passed away 13 years ago from cancer. Fuck cancer. He was always a prankster, and whenever he was home from the hospital, he always found ways to trick anyone he could or pester his little brothers. The activity started the night he passed away. In the hospital, my dad and my stepmom were there. My stepmom's phone had died earlier in the evening. And when Richard passed, her phone rang. No number, no record of the call on the phone, you know, with the phone not being powered on and the like, it rang anyway, twice. Once everyone was home, things got a little weird. The first was a few months after. My dad was trying to lighten the mood with everyone at breakfast and told a joke at Richard's expense. Not a bad one, a heartfelt, chuckly one. And after the joke, he went over to the cupboard that held all of our glasses and plastic cups. When he opened it, every single plastic cup toppled out and that cupboard was definitely not organized there were spaces left behind glasses where the plastic cups now on the floor had been and it was so quiet in the kitchen which is probably the only time it had ever been as my youngest brothers were between the ages of one and four us older ones kind of swept it under the rug so to speak For the next few months, you'd always hear footsteps in the night along the upper hallway or on the stairs, or the radio would turn up on its own, and we'd lose the ability to turn it down until he was done listening to the song. But this was only for particular songs, any ACDC song to be precise. He was their biggest fan. As the next year passed by, each one of my brothers, six in all, came forward separately to speak of their experiences. They would wake up in the morning and say that Richard kept poking them, never leaving any marks or hurting them, but poking them in the night. I never experienced it, but every sibling younger than him did. This happened rather frequently for about three years, but has faded as the boys got older. The last thing about him is an experience I had with him, and I know it was him. I was 17 and I was house-sitting while my dad, stepmom, and all my siblings were at camp. I was too old to go, being in high school and watching one of the many teen movies I had a party. Not a rager by any means, but about 10 people at my house drinking, sitting in the hot tub, and generally just being hooligans. Nothing broken or anything. Actually, the only reason I was caught was because of the large male footprint in the garden near the hot tub. (laughs) To this day, I do not let my buddy John live it down. Anyway, at one point in the night, we all sat down to watch a movie. And while watching the movie, we heard creaking upstairs. Now remember, this is not just me, but nine other witnesses. Mildly creeped out, we turned the TV up a bit, and the creaking stopped. And then children's toys started making noise. Oh, God. (laughs) These weren't light and sound oriented ones that can go off easily. One was a Thomas the Tank Engine. You had to push around to get it to make it make noise. Another was a T-Rex that you had to pull on its tail to make it roar and move. It had arms that moved and it walked. Actually, a pretty cool toy. And the last was a Winnie the Pooh on a balloon that you had to knock over to make its noise. Like, knock it over so it rolls around. These happened in quick succession and then at random times over the next hour or so. Needless to say, most of the people left. The boys in actuality. Two of my friends that knew of the, of the activity stayed, and my dad had given them permission to be at the house before he left. After all the unwanted guests left, the sounds stopped Completely. So even from beyond the grave, a little brother still acts like a little brother. Thank you for reading. Hopefully it added a certain amount of paranoia to your day. Yours sincerely, Lindsay.
0: Wow. Okay. Well, I do think that toys going off that are sound and motion activated are the scariest yep. things in the world. Yeah. Because then it's not just like, oh, something's happening, but it's it's like you know exactly where it's happening and then... Yeah. It, the sound is still, uh, I don't know, it's something, there's something, there's a difference between if you hear something fall and then you go walk over to that noise, where the noise was and in Investigate, versus walking up to an actively noisy room, you know? Yes, I used to have. Like the sound is still going and you're like, are they still sitting there in front of the toy? So my childhood home, I
1: remember I had a sleepover with a bunch of my girlfriends and I was talking about how my uh, my house was haunted and there was a little boy ghost. And all of a sudden, the fire truck that is like across the room from us starts sirens going off, the things that you have to press buttons to make go off, start going off. And we all freaked the fuck out and like sprinted yes. upstairs.
0: One of the houses I lived in for the summer in college had toys going off and they had a ghost i've told the story before a few times so um crazy but at least for this one though it was probably her sibling just trying to mess around with them and be a prankster which is (laughs) then it's like kind of it's more funny
1: he was like you're having a party when you're not supposed to Lindsay," and so he was like playing the toys to make all the guys leave
0: yeah yeah i'm gonna tell on you (laughs) I know what's going on.
1: I know that she said her friend is the reason that they caught because of the man's footprint in the garden. But what if it was her brother's footprint and she like, (gasps) and he wanted her to get caught.
0: Oh my gosh. What if the sibling rivalries never, ever end?
1: I doubt they do. (laughs) I also love the child ghost.
0: Yeah. In the hospital.
1: I feel like hospitals. I mean, I can only imagine there are so many spirits
0: so many and people it's one of those things you always say oh well when something happens your shield will be down like if you're sick or blah 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 Mm -hmm. and I feel like that's why hospitals could be so active too because it's the other spirit's chance to be seen it's finally my chance to be seen finally landed my role on broadway
1: off 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 broadway
0: i don't know what to think of the little girl it makes me sad and obviously people are not feeling scared when Mm -hmm. seeing her they're just feeling concerned so i don't think that it would be a malevolent spirit then if so many people consistently are not having adverse reactions to her right but it still makes me wonder like why and people want to help but i guess why is anyone Wandering where they're wandering.
1: Who are the men in black? We don't know. All right, what are you at?
0: This is from Sarah. It's called Haunted Haunted House. Oh well. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, ladies and Leia. I'm listening to your episode called Pippity Poppity Boo, and you're currently talking about haunted house experiences, like haunted attractions. And I work for one in Austin, Texas. Sabrina, we gotta go to Austin, Texas. I'm already excited yep called house of torment as well as an escape room that scare that well (laughs) well i'm sure it is scary (laughs) but that shares the building we'd love escape rooms too love them we did one we Mm -hmm. escaped we were great the escape room is called mind spark i'm one of the shift managers there and i have a few short stories about both sides of the building so here goes We share a 40,000-square-foot building and are owned by a parent company called 13th Floor. They own the haunted house and the escape room. I'm the manager for the escape room and do promotions during the haunted house season. MindSpark takes up a small area of the building in comparison to the haunt, as we call it. Several people who work at the haunt have felt a presence while acting during the season.
1: (sighs) That's so scary. I
0: I should have read this closer to October so everyone could go and get really frightened. But everyone just make a mental note. Yeah. If you're in Austin, Texas during spooky season, this is like the number one thing you should do.
1: This is an episode in preparation for Halloween.
0: Yeah, we're getting ready. We're gearing up. (laughs) My coworker Bailey is an area manager inside of The Haunt and has gotten a very bad feeling near a particularly dark hallway. This hallway is not part of the attraction. It's an area backstage where actors move behind the set. He feels like someone is watching him from this completely black hallway that generally (sighs) houses set pieces and has seen disembodied feet run by him in the dark there without a body above the feet. Ah! Oh, that scares me. (laughs) Security cameras inside of the haunt are motion detecting and have been activated by stage doors opening and closing when the building is empty, alarmed, and locked. The former general manager walked down a hallway and had a full-blown conversation with a young woman at the end of the night when the haunt was open, mid-September through Halloween, and the woman said that she was lost and she was looking for her friend Anna. She will come up again. On the security footage, the general manager is seen talking and walking on various cameras from different angles and no one is next to him. Oh, Oh my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. He appears to be talking to himself. No. He walked with the spirit all the way. I can't even read this. My body. I'm like frozen with fear.
1: I want to see these camera footage.
0: (laughs) Me, too. He walked with the spirit all the way backstage to the exit and the gift shop. And in this moment, when he turned his back, she disappeared. (gasps) Oh. A former co-worker was working on the escape room side of the building one night and was putting back together a recently disassembled room. He heard footsteps and a young girl came around the corner in the room to face him. He was startled, but younger guests often run around and enter rooms without permission there. And he asked her for her name and she said her name was Anna. And I'm not sure how that experience ended, but I know he was thoroughly spooked by it. So I assume at some point she disappeared. He had also heard her voice behind him without seeing her several times after her first appearance. One night while I was in the building alone, I had what has so far been my only big experience in the building. We have three escape rooms. Two of them have actors in them and one does not. We had one booking that night for the escape room without an actor. This is the game called terminal like a train terminal not a terminal illness lol i
1: thought the terminal illness for sure. me
0: too i immediately thought that too like a hospital setting death yeah yep this game is hard and made up of three rooms that look like a train car a train platform and a hidden room where someone has clues to a conspiracy theory hidden
1: wait cool are they
0: just giving us is she giving us clues should we go and then make record time breaking out of that room yes let's do it it's also the room where we all feel the most uncomfortable okay so maybe we don't go to this one no i don't (laughs) think so on this night i was absolutely certain that i was alone in the building on both sides the entire building including the side that has the haunt it was not during the haunted house season so none of the actors wardrobe or makeup folks were there it was myself and two guests who played the game but then they had already left I pride myself on being a good employee, so even though my boss told me that I didn't have to put the game back together after the guests left, I decided I would be helpful. And to put Terminal back together, we start the furthest back in the room and work our way forward. An important note is that behind all three of the escape rooms is a hallway about five to six feet wide. That provides us access to the electronics that control certain parts of each of the escape rooms. I hate this hallway. But we have to go back there all the time for maintenance and for resetting certain aspects of other games. So I am being a diligent employee and putting Terminal back together when I hear footsteps, loud and clear clip cloppity like heels oh. or heavy hard soled shoes in the hallway behind the set. Not a soul left in the building oh my God. or I guess souls are, but the bodies are not except for mine which is about to pee in fear (laughs) you better believe i promptly left terminal and grabbed my stuff from the office i locked an alarm to the building and texted my boss to apologize and explain what happened and she texted back like girl i told you don't worry the ghost will get you i'm glad you left
1: (laughs) uh that sounds like an awesome boss
0: yeah seriously back to the creepy behind the set hallway We have to go back there to reset certain parts of the games, particularly two aspects of the zombie game, after every booking. There is only one entrance to the -the behind-the-set hallway at the far end of the hall that houses the escape rooms. It's often dimly lit because we keep the overhead lights low to set the mood for the zombie game. Finally, two separate co-workers have thought that they've seen me in the hallway that our escape rooms are in. The first occurrence was this past fall. I used to smoke and I went outside the front to have a cigarette. It was a slow night, so all of my co-workers were in the office, so I announced I was going outside and went by myself to the front steps. If you don't know, smoking a cigarette takes about 8-10 to 10 minutes, depending on what kind and how crazy you are being about it. After about two minutes, my co-worker Willard popped his head out the front door and slowly says, Okay, you're here. Yes, Willard. you were there when i said i was going out yeah but i saw you walk down the hall past terminal and i thought damn she smoked fast but you've been outside yes willard i've been outside this whole time that's so scary the next time someone saw me was just about two weeks ago it was a saturday morning 11 a.m ish i had just gotten our computer At the front desk, open and running, and was getting our schedule open when Jackie walked behind me. The front desk area is not immediately visible, and I was sitting behind a slightly taller counter, so I would not have been immediately visible when she walked into the hallway initially. She turned to me and goes, whoa, you're there. Ah. Yes, ma'am, I'm starting up the computer to see how our day is going to be. Okay, because... I saw your leg in the back of your sweater walk out of the view in the door frame to the back hallway, no. like you had just walked by into Zombie. I had on leggings and leg warmers on and a long flowing sweater that day. She said she specifically saw my leg warmers.
1: No. What? We
0: opened the door to Zombie and nothing was in there. Other small time things happen sometimes. The sounds of doors closing and opening, mannequins in wardrobe falling over. Mannequins scare the crap out of yeah, me. Yeah, they're freaky. Footsteps, general unease. And I'm planning on taking a bunch of pictures when I work this weekend, possibly a video to send to y'all as a follow up. Yes. I've even considered drawing out a floor plan to how the building works to explain where things have been sighted. Oh, LOL. Well. Also, just in case it isn't clear, my coworkers and I very much believe in the paranormal. <laughs> I am a practicing witch and I believe in spirits. And whenever my cats stare at the wall, I assume they're seeing a ghost and having a staring match. Yep. <laughs> my boyfriend is not as strong of a believer, but I think I scare him with my stories sometimes.
1: <laughs> Story of my life.
0: <laughs> One of my coworkers loves to joke about ghosts and like tease me, but then as soon as I start telling stories, he goes, Oh, oh, and he <laughs> gets nervous. <laughs> Uh, it's all fun and games until it isn't yes if you're ever in austin please let me know oh yes because we could go to the escape room in the haunted house yes she goes um please let me know because i would love to give you a free escape room not terminal unless you want that one no No, we don't no we don't and a tour of the house of torment we can even bring a ghost meter (gasps) oh my god yes That would be so fun. Thank you for making such a great podcast. I feel like I'm listening to a recorded conversation between myself and my friends while I listen. See you on the other side. Wow, this was so much longer than I had anticipated. Sorry, not sorry. Sarah and Rosie and Dill Pickles, my two cats. (laughs) So cute. So cute. So cute. Oh, my God. I loved this. I mean, how cool to work in a place like that. Also
1: terrifying. But like those stories... She has Funny so many.
0: That, oh, there's a truck going by. Oh, that's a very that's so trip. loud. Funny that it's a place that's supposed to scare people, but it actually truly is haunted. Like the own staff, you don't even have to create the sort of illusion, like, ooh, it's a spooky house. It's like, no, it's actually haunted. Well,
1: that's the scariest part because if you're trying to act and scare people, but you're on edge already, like that makes it really. I would have a tough time.
0: Oh, yeah. How much would you hate to be one of the actors that has to stand alone in the escape room before yeah, the. In the haunt. Before the group comes in. At least they're with other people, though. Think about all of the workers that have to just go back in that hallway and reset things completely alone. Yeah.
1: Although some of the actors, you're, you're alone for a while and you're waiting for. And then also I always wonder, uh, this, this aside from being scared of ghosts while you're doing that. I would be scared that the people you're scaring are going to punch you.
0: Okay, well, most people won't do that. I mean, think about all of the different haunted places. Like, you're not supposed to touch the actors, and they're not supposed to touch you. I know, but fight
1: or flight, people, I just feel like there are shocking events that scare people, that their instinct is to, like, punch.
0: That's true. My instinct when I'm, well, it's not really an instinct, Perhaps it is. I don't know. But when I go through all of those haunted tours and haunted houses, like the themed ones during Halloween, I smile and I laugh the entire time, which in turn, the actors don't target me, which is not I want them to. I like I like that stuff. I like them jumping out and trying to scare me. But it kind of backfires on me because I'm so enjoying myself and I'm like cackling like a crazy person that they don't they maybe are scared of me. So.
1: I I do the same, but it's not out of like, in like I am enjoying it, but it's not out of joy. It's about, it's out of nervous laughter of like, please don't touch
0: me. I'm having fun. Oh, <laughs> same reaction, different, different intentions, yeah. different. I don't know what I'm saying.
1: You don't have to because now I'm going to tell you a story. Let's do it. Okay, this is from Cheyenne. And it's called The Little Door on the Landing. Hi, Corinne and Sabrina. I've been listening to the podcast for a month now. I'm only just discovering the wonderful world of podcasts and wanted to thank you for your show. A lot of the paranormal podcasts I've tried listening to lacked humor and took themselves far too seriously. So I'm grateful to have found a podcast that is both intriguing and funny. So nice. Oh, thanks. For as long as I can remember, I've been surrounded by people who believe in the paranormal, ghosts, magic, psychic abilities, crystals, etc. And have been listening to their own stories my whole life. One story that sticks out to me is the story of my grandmother's old apartment and the two otherworldly roommates she shared it with. I was four when this particular paranormal adventure started. I don't remember any of the things I did or said, but I could walk you through that apartment no problem. And I haven't even been there in over 20 years." My grandmother just recently sent me an email detailing the story, and I was shocked at how accurate my memory of the apartment was. Beyond that, though, the only thing I remember is being terrified of the little door on the landing. But I'll get to that in a minute. My grandma used to own a travel store and had recently moved locations and was looking to rent an apartment nearby. And a friend told her about a place down the block which was split into a hair salon on the main level and an apartment that took up the second and third floors. When my grandma went to the salon, the owner was overjoyed that my grandma was interested in the place and offered it to her for about $350 a month, which even in 1995 was incredibly low. My grandma thought nothing of the large number of paper crosses taped above each window and didn't blink at the cross-adorned jar of water shipped all the way from Jerusalem and immediately accepted the offer. And a new hairdo. (laughs) For the first few weeks, my grandma was hardly at home, spending most of her time in her shop, but she did have a few friends and family over to see her new apartment. No one seemed to notice anything out of the ordinary about the apartment until one afternoon when my mom and I came over to see her. While my mom was on the second floor exploring, kitchen, bathroom, living room, my grandma decided to take me up to the third floor where the bedrooms were. We stopped at the landing between the second and third floor at a little door, which opened up into a storage space large enough for me to play in. Grandma opened the little door to show me the space and I immediately hid behind her and asked to leave. She shut the door and we briefly explored the upstairs bedrooms, but I was still fairly agitated and my mom and I left only a few minutes later. My grandma explained what happened to my mom and neither seemed to have an explanation for my reaction. Eventually, my grandma moved all her belongings into the apartment and made the place her own. In her first night in the master bedroom, she fell asleep easily, but was woken up by the creaking of an old wood floor. Looking toward the doorway, she saw what appeared to be the form of a man. More shadow than of substance. Startled, she yelped and the man vanished. She assumed that she had been dreaming, but closed the bedroom door and window anyway before going back to sleep. That same night, she woke to the feeling of something climbing into bed with her. A distinct motion and sound for a waterbed. Whatever it was curled up, snug against her back, and she lay still and silent for a while, eventually mustering up the courage to face whatever had joined her in bed. As she rolled over, the visitor was gone. Throughout the night, her visitor returned several times, but what truly upset her was waking up to see rivers of blood running down the walls across from the foot of the bed. Oh God, oh God. Angered, not scared, she shouted, Oh, come on! at the ridiculous, cliche attempt of frightening her. The wall returned to normal and both the creaking and the visitor stopped, and she slept undisturbed for the rest of the night. The next morning, she invited a good friend over to see her new apartment under the pretext, under the pretext of renting the friend the spare bedroom for an office space. But what my grandma really wanted was for her friend's impression of the apartment, as she was known among family and friends to be sensitive and, as my grandma puts it, a bit of a mystic. Her friend noticed nothing on the main floor, but as they climbed up the stairs to the landing, she stopped, touched the small door at the landing, and said, Without having heard a word about my grandma's ordeal the night prior, she said, Something bad happened here. Something happened to a little girl.
0: Oh, my God.
1: They continued up the stairs, and their friend was drawn to the master bedroom, sensing a presence in addition to their own and her friend asked my grandma if she had been experiencing nightmares, to which my grandma then finally admitted what happened the night before. Her friend suggested that my grandma fill the room with her presents and belongings, particularly anything deep blue. Apparently, spirits find blue soothing, and my grandma immediately dug out an old deep blue blanket to sleep under and placed a blue flower pot in the bedroom window. That night, her visitor returned, curling up once again against her back, Determined not to be afraid this time, she turned over, unsure of what to expect, but she was surprised to see see a figure of a small girl about four with long dark hair wearing a long dress. After staring at the girl in awe for a moment, she said, an overwhelming sense of peace came over her and she rolled over and went back to sleep. The little girl curled right up against my grandma and the pair spent the rest of the night entirely undisturbed.
0: Wait, that's actually very sweet. She's just I know. looking for a maternal figure to. She's probably scared and doesn't want to sleep alone, and so she's running. It's like running to your, into to your, your m- parents' room.
1: Yeah, and just the comfort. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Another friend, also with a strong ability to read people and places, visited not long after and had the same reaction as the last. That night, the creaking in the hall continued, and my grandma woke to the plant in the blue pot falling onto the floor. My grandma went to speak to her landlord that she wanted to move, telling her the activity was just too much, and her landlord tried to dismiss the claims, but at the ur- at the urging of her husband, eventually admitted they had a hard time keeping tenants, and the process of purchasing the house had been an odd one, and the main floor, now the salon, had been plastered with crosses even then. The landlord wouldn't elaborate on her and her husband's experiences in the house, but it was clear that they had several. Later that day, my mom and I stopped by so my mom could use my grandma's sewing room. Despite the experience at my previous visit, I was happy to be there and proceeded to take over the place. My grandma recalls that I spent some time outside drawing big, beautiful shapes all down the walk in chalk. And then I came back inside and zeroed in, in a basket of rocks and shells my grandma brought back from Haida Gwaii, formerly known as the Queen Charlotte Islands, a place known for its magic. I took the basket and opened the little door on the landing and placed it inside and told my grandma, they'll be safe here. They'll be happy here. I made my way upstairs into the master bedroom and pulled a dark blue scrunchie off my wrist and handed it to my grandma and announced that this will make your bad dreams go away. Aw, how sweet. I know, but also she didn't know. Like, she was four. She didn't know that her grandma was having bad dreams. My grandma says after that, she never had another problem. When my uncle moved in a few months later, he had an experience with the shadowy man, but initially chalked it up to being under the influence, as my grandma so eloquently puts it. He couldn't chalk it up to a bad high when one night, my uncle witnessed the shadowy man chase the little girl up the stairs where she ducked into the little cupboard on the landing. He saw them again, but the second time, the little girl ran into the master bedroom where my uncle said she slammed the door and locked it, but the man kicked it in. My grandma recalls seeing damage to the door, but thinking little of it at the time. The last straw for my uncle was seeing a man who he had assumed had broken in and looking for things to steal, standing in front of the little cupboard. When my uncle went to chase the man outside, the man suddenly vanished halfway down the stairs. He moved shortly after this, but my grandma remained in the apartment completely undisturbed for a few more years. I believed the little girl knew my grandma was safe, like many of the women she had tried to reach out to before, and would protect her like she had always protected me. My grandma's willingness to keep the girl safe upset the man and caused him to lash out. I hope that little girl was able to leave this world and that that had been so horrible for her and find peace on the other side. See you on the other side, Cheyenne.
0: Seriously, that's so horrible. I was going to say, I was going to say with the pot knocking over that there must be another presence in the home. But we already got that answered for us by the end. That obviously she is running to get comfort because yeah there's someone else that's scary in the home. It makes
1: me think also what the uncle saw that one night was the residual there of whatever yeah. happened to her like that that man clearly like was <sighs> chasing her and killed her.
0: I know I know that's so horrible, and what's even more horrible is that that stuff does happen like in the real world frequently enough that there are. How many podcasts about specific cases that are like the same I know. thing? It scares me.
1: But I do love that, although her life sounds like it ended tragically, she has this, or she had when her grandma lived there. She had this like person who she felt safe with. That's
0: true. That is nice. That's comforting.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm very cold because I got so many chills from that.
0: I know. And some of these are really just, it's like you feel for the people and you feel for the spirits too. Yeah, seriously. Okay, I have one to end on. This is from Friday and it is called Everyone's a Critic. <laughs> Hi, ladies. I'm caught up with the podcast after starting last fall. Thank you for helping me through my cancer treatments. Ghost stories have been strangely comforting when you think you might die. And put a winky face. You gotta be lighthearted about these things. I shared this story with my former roommates last Halloween after not talking about it for nearly 30 years. After college, I shared a house with two other women for a couple of years. We had an active social life, the waifs and orphans Thanksgiving being the most memorable, and a beautiful three bedroom, one bath for less than $1,000 a month in SoCal. Are you kidding? what why would you ever leave that place i would live there forever this is more unbelievable than the fact that there are spirits haunting everyone (laughs) one night not too also my laugh that was horrible i sounded like an old (laughs) i love your laugh (laughs) big full belly a beer belly laugh that's what that was (laughs) okay one night not too late maybe 9 or 10 p.m i was home alone I was taking a shower and getting dressed in my bedroom, dancing around and singing my bachelor's is in theater.
1: And I decided
0: (laughs) "Ayo!" I decided to go into full Broadway letter rip mode and proceed to do my best Ethel Merman meets Patty Lapone when I feel slash hear the loudest knocking right under my bare feet. (gasps) The floor shook and the knocking was sharp. Bang, bang, bang. Oh, I went dead silent and I just stood there. I tried to convince myself it came from somewhere else and I listened hard for animals or maybe friends playing a joke. I confirmed today that there was no way anyone from our group could go into that crawl space. Neither the cat nor the goldfish seemed phased, <laughs> and I carefully stepped away from that spot and I never spoke of it until Halloween of 2018. I never wow. had an I never had another experience in that house, but I guess the ghost didn't like my version of Vita, <laughs> Sweeney Todd Phantom or whatever musical was hot that year. Oh, keep my up gosh. the spooky fun! P.S. The cancer treatments have appeared to work. Oh, that's amazing! P.P.S. I'm a librarian. Wait, that's so cool! And P.P.P.S. <laughs> Sorry for the lecture, but I'd like to ask since your listeners. Since your listener base includes many young women, please advocate against the use of tanning beds. Skin cancer and melanoma is increasing in the population, and tanning beds are a big part of the problem. No one wants this disease, and it's not just having a mole removed. Ask me how I know. There is no such thing as a safe tan, and in fact, Oregon, Vermont, and New Hampshire— Damn it, that's me. Have some of the highest melanoma rates because we all think the sun can't get us through the gray skies. Everyone should practice sun safety every day. Thanks. Here's some literature from a good source. And then she sent a link on skin cancer. And I will say, you know what I noticed the other day? And it's literally snowing in Boston. I noticed that a um, store that I walk past all the time has put out in the snow a sunscreen like dispenser thing that you can just walk by like hand sanitizer what? and get some sunscreen. Wait, that's amazing! Yeah, especially too. With people think that in the winter you don't need it because the it's winter, but no, you need it. All the the time. sun is reflecting off the snow. It's even worse, probably. Yeah, yeah. I wear sunscreen every day. Uh, yeah, I have makeup that has sunscreen in it, but I probably should do more. It's um, scary, and, and I and yeah. It is.
1: Yeah, just protect yourself.
0: But you oh can. my gosh, her experience, Friday's experience, I kind of like that it happened while she was like belting her heart out and having a good time. And it was just someone, <laughs> as creepy as it is, that someone, something was in the crawl space right below. They're just like, hey, oh my stop God. it. We don't all want to hear those show tunes.
1: What if it wasn't a ghost and it's one of those stories of like someone living in the crawl space and legit was like, I'm going to reveal that I'm here because I can't deal with this.
0: Yeah, like willing to risk it just because they <laughs> couldn't take any more Sweeney Todd music.
1: All the way. But it was beautiful. The ghost just was like a brat, being a brat.
0: You know what? Yeah, show tunes aren't for everyone. We like them, mm-hmm. but not everyone does. Right. It's always like when I
1: sing and I'll like make up songs and just be obnoxious and Leo will like meow at me and- Sometimes I'm like, is it because you like it or is it
0: because you yeah. hate it? Yeah, is she it? singing along?
1: Yeah, and then, well, there's sometimes where she'll leave the room, and I'm like, okay, I'll change the song, Leah. Well, okay, send us your ghost <laughs>
0: stories. Uh, send them to Two Girls of One Ghost Podcast at gmail.com. We have two live shows coming up, potentially more. We just have to get confirmation on ticket links and et cetera, et cetera. But May 5th, if you're in Boston, please come. Nashville, we're going there June 16th. And then as we get more dates and more cities, we'll be sure to say them in our episodes and also if you're not following us on social media please do it there because we always post pretty much before even the episodes come out we post on instagram and twitter and facebook with the show info so follow us so like us and (laughs)
1: leave us a review on itunes no but like actually do it because
0: that means it helps us out
1: yeah and, and uh, tell
0: your friends. Bring your friends to the shows. Have them listen yeah. regularly. October is just around the corner. So <laughs>
1: clearly, it's all we talked about.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: but also, Patreon and uh, support us by buying merch. We will
0: see you, see you on, the, on other the other side. side. Very smooth.